We have a podcast called Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. It's fantastic. It was really great on Friday. They talked to Emmanuel Acho. It was uncomfortable. It was riveting. It was great stuff. And it's a great podcast. Check it out only on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car, or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it, I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm, is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what, what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. I have a new rewatchables coming Monday night. It is the fourth installment of One Word Movie Month. It's a pretty famous movie. And I gotta say, it was me and Mally Rubin and Van Lathan and it's in the top 10 for me for Rewatchables podcast for we had the three of us had never done a podcast together and we had so much fun and it was a great movie to talk about. I won't tell you what it was, but it's really good. So that's coming Monday night coming up on this podcast because he's crestfallen. You can only imagine we're going to talk about the Cowboys collapsing yet again, the rest of the round two games. Round three lines, little parent corner, a surprise guest. It's all next. First, Pro Jam. All right, taping this. A little early today. It's only 7.13 Pacific time on oh, Sunday exciting. night. Yeah. Um, a completely devastated Cousin Salas here. It's become an annual tradition on the podcast. Cowboys have a terrible loss. Their season ends. Sal, this time he asked for 15 minutes to regroup, I think, or maybe 20 minutes. Is that the longest time you've needed to regroup before we hopped on a pod? I think I said to breathe. I could regroup in about four minutes, but I, I just... Uh... I mean, look, it wasn't the normal end of the season kicking the balls where your your nuts are sore to like for two and a half weeks. But I do feel like I want to throw up. It's 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 the same crap over and over. Disgusting did you talk team. yourself into a win before the game? Yeah, I did the, the whole week, the whole week. In fact, I, you know, I, I, I think I left with you saying we're going to beat the Bucks. I didn't think it would be that healthy of a win. And then uh, all week, I'm like, you know what? We match up well. Pollard is the equivalent of Samuel and Purdy. We put some pressure on him. 
I think it's going to be a close game. The defenses both played about as well as I could. They, I thought they would. And uh, I don't know, man. I just, it was a weird thing. I don't know if you felt this way, but I mean, of course you didn't feel the other part of this, but with Brett Mahart, I was like, oh boy, I feel bad for this guy. And then I'm like, I'm effing pissed. Like, get it together, right? Like, you want to... <laughs> and so so it was like a weird emotional roller coaster there. And then he made the field goal. It's like, all right, he's as good as everyone else, except we're going to have to go for two here if we score at the end. And then there was just uh, just terrible. I, I don't know. I just feel like Dak and our, our friend Alec, who was, I was texting with him, is like, Dak and McCarthy are not bad enough to move on from either of them. But that combination is just not going to do it, I don't think. Yeah, you're in no man's land with them. Yeah. Dak, you know, they they were saying a couple times during the broadcast, so this is a legacy game for Dak Prescott. I'm like, is it? Is there going to be a Dak Prescott legacy? I think he's just yeah. on that lower level. I mean, the kicker thing, it was the biggest reason I just couldn't get there with taking the Cowboys plus three and a half. I just couldn't. And even in the first half, it was a seven-point swing, right? Gould made two good ones, and Maher missed an extra point, and... You know, and you think in the second half, it's going to be even worse, but then he actually got his shit together a little bit and made one. But you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be over the moon because your guy made a 25-yard field goal in the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> well you're, you're talking about the, you're talking about the spread and normally like a quarterback, a good quarterback to a backup is about a four or five point difference. But if you know your kicker's not going to make any kicks, that's a, that's a four or five point difference, right? That's a field goal and two extra points. And that was disgusting, but I really just like it was too. Really, just though we let down at the end of that first half was just crazy. Second and two with a minute twenty left, yeah. Dak throws that in. First of all, we have to be aggressive because the kicker sucks, right? So um, Pollard gets hurt, and Dak throws a terrible interception on second and two, where we could have at least bled the clock. And then San Francisco does this thing like uh, Shanahan wasn't that great either. He took like twenty eight seconds before he took a timeout. And then uh, Purdy throws a ball that should have been intercepted. And then Purdy like almost bleeds the clock entirely, the seven seconds. And then somehow there's one second left and they kick. I mean, that was a monster field goal difference. That was a, a huge three point, I don't know, six, 10 point swing right there in a minute and a half. So I didn't have a lot of confidence from then on. It has pretty rough. And Purdy has definitely inherited to his mantle of how many near picks did he throw in this game today? Like you, you dropped three. Yeah, they're three bad ones. It's just like he's he's got the touch, man. It's like, you know, you play with certain golfers and they hit one into the woods and it just bounces back on the fairway. He's in that he's in that zone right now. He made some good Ugh. throws, too, but his bad throws never came back to haunt him. Dak had probably four awful throws. Two of them came back to haunt him. They dropped the interception on the uh, game losing drive. But Dak wasn't great either. And I thought watching it. It felt like whoever, it felt like if you could get ahead of them in the first half into halftime and put that pressure on Purdy, it felt like your pass rush was going to get there. It seemed like, didn't you feel like your pass rush wore out in the hour, last hour of the game? It first just of all, felt like it, he had more time. It's 20 weeks. You should know it's pass rush, okay? I don't want to keep correcting pa Sorry, pa pass, your pass, pass your rush. Your pass rush? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was in the same boat. Like we had, McC we held McCaffrey to 17 total yards in the first half. And Pollard going out really sucked. But I, I did feel like uh, even after the big plays like that, they show like Lamb hurts his pinky, right? Very next play yeah. or two plays later, 40-yard bomb plus the plus the uh, pass interference, you know? I was like, and then they were timid after that. Like they ended up punting on fourth and five from the 40. It, it seemed like both coaches were protecting their quarterback from doing stupid shit. 
And, yeah. uh, and it ended up hurting the Cowboys more. I thought Shanahan had a really weird first like two hours. And then yeah. they started running the ball and doing all this stuff. I thought they were going to do the whole game. And I, I don't know if that was his game plan or they settled into it, but just felt like too conservative, too safe, but not, not just cr- trying to grind the clock either. I don't really know how to describe what he was doing. And then your team, the power thing was the biggest thing that happened in this game. Right. He's, I think he's your best, your best offensive weapon. It's him or Lamb and Pollard probably for all the stuff he can do on three downs. Once he came out, it just seemed like the the team kind of lost its spark. And yep. Dak couldn't run the I ball. I just don't think Dak's that guy. You know, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but we always said that joke about like, what's the difference to him and Kirk Cousins? That was kind of a Kirk Cousins game by him today. It was fine. Hit a couple yeah. of bad throws. He did. He didn't really cost you the game, but he wasn't really awesome either. He didn't carry you. Right. And I think he's exactly what it is, right? Like a divisional round quarterback and will play a tight game and you have to get lucky to win. Now, all, all that said, Brock Purdy is going on to the conference championship. So maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but uh, I'm just I will say Brock, so Brock had a couple Brock had a couple nice throws over the middle. Yeah. Real decisive, good ones. But the big throw of the game was that one on Kittle where um, it wasn't a Bounced great off throw. his Kittle face a- mask seven times. Yeah, yeah. That was... <laughs> That was interesting. Well, Kittle made the, I guess it took him three seconds to pull in the catch. And it really seemed like he was going to get beheaded by Diggs. Right. And then at the last split second, ducked his head as he caught it. That was the most mm-hmm. impressive. And Olsen, I can't, he, Olsen's a tight end. I can't believe like he wasn't talking about, it. holy shit, like that, like George Kittle almost yeah. got knocked out on this play. And instead, well, it's, Diggs it was should, the biggest play of the Yeah, Diggs should have let him know he wants no, he has no, uh, interest in making any contact with anyone for the last month or catching a you know easily interceptable ball and then then it wouldn't have been as scary for Kittle. Yeah, that guy that guy was a disappointment in the last few weeks for sure. Yeah, what you got to work through some stuff with you and Diggs, I feel like. Thank you. Yes, you're right. You're right. Like if you run into him in the Super Bowl, it might be awkward. It's a long it's a long off season, but yeah, we we'll talk it through. <laughs> so what uh, did enough someday. happen that like, because they cut right after the game, they go to the, the. Mm. Fortunately, only a six-man set for the. I saw that. What they happened? Got, Gronk, they got rid of Gronk. <laughs> Gronk became claustrophobic all of a sudden. <laughs> they had seven, seven people twice this weekend, which I just like. I, like, can you imagine if we just had five other people on the podcast right now, and they're just five other people in the Zoom, kind of staring at us, hoping that they could talk. Uh, but they cut <laughs> to the set. I, I mean, I, ho- I hope they live forever. But I think Terry and Jimmy are just—they're just always going to have them up there, even after they expire. They're going to have the tombstones, and they're just going to—it's always going to be a seven-man uh, rotation. You mean after Terry expires two years ago? Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, they had the—they had the six people, and Peyton is one of the six people. And right. they cut to them and it's a wide shot. Menifee's doing his thing and Peyton's kind of writing something down. And I was thinking like, what's he writing? Is he writing like 25, 26, like it right with the contract numbers that he wants? 25 million, right. 26, yeah, yeah, 28 in yeah. year three, <laughs> maybe 30 in year four. Um, but he had to be like, secretly, he's got to be watching these games going, this is great. Oh, this is great. 12 points against the Niners. Niners have a really good defense. I don't think... It's like a historically awesome defense. Like, I feel like you could throw on him. You had guys open. C.D. Lamb felt like he was open, like, the whole game. Um, 12 I, points is right. embarrassing. I mean, you said it. If Pollard's in there and we have confidence in our kicker, we get to uh, 13 points at least. 
No, I don't know. I, we could, I, I think it's a winnable game for sure. But uh, I, well, we'll talk about the Niners, but I, do, I, I could see them giving Philly some trouble. Uh, so well, let me, let me ask you this. So, yeah. Why bring Maher in this game? I didn't understand it all week. They had this stuff before the game where they said Jerry Jones was on the field talking to him like two hours before the game. Yeah, that somebody, helped. Somebody tweeted like, good. I've never, never seen that before. Like, mm -hmm. why even deal with this? Just bring in another kicker, bring in a fresh face and just get rid of all the baggage from that last game instead of having it hang over. I, I just think to me, that's just like bad management. Yeah, well, it's weird, right? Because you could they could have told us Brett Maher went 50 for 50 in extra points during practice this week. He, he's back. He's got it's like, no, it has nothing to do with it, right? It's all game situation. So you don't yeah. know at all what you're going to get until he gets out there. And that block kick was flying left. So let's just count that as a, a miss, even though it's a yep. miss. Anyway, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen what happens if you don't have a kicker at all, right? The only problem is against the Niners defense, you get a Bosa sack and now you're like third and 18 and it's going to be tough to go for it every time. But I, I almost wanted to see what it's like without a kicker. Either that or hire uh, Chris Boniel, who was part of that Buck staff that was fired on Monday. How great would that have been? Former Cowboys kicker, bring him in. Oh, just bring him back. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. At the losing team fires him as a coach, and then he's uh he's their guy. But yeah, that was uh it's a, it's a really as bad as a, missing a, a quarterback when you have a field goal kicker who is so inaccurate. Well, there was that moment in the first half when it was like fourth and four, fourth and five, and they went for it and they got it. And you think, eh, yeah. Maybe it's good not to maybe it's good not to trust your kicker. Maybe it was a good spot to go to. Right. You ran the ball twenty-two for seventy-six. Four for twenty-two is Dak on especially on one long eleven yarder. Mm -hmm. So the non-running backs in this game were eighteen for fifty-eight. I thought you were gonna run the ball more and better. And I don't oh, understand I didn't see that part. Yeah, I think we had like twelve yards rushing in the second half. Uh, honestly, I I uh I don't yeah, see what the happened? there, but I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 again, I don't want to take too much away from the Niners' defense because it was, it was really solid. Um, it was a little better than I thought. So, Niners rushed for uh, thirty-two for one thirteen. There was a yeah. there's a couple different moments there in this game that I was jotting down as it was happening. The first, my first note was Maher, the Maher game. It just felt like, oh my god, when he missed the extra point, it was like, oh my god. But mm -hmm. he didn't really rear his ugly head the same way after that. Then I wrote down after Power got hurt, Zeke is back. Was thinking like, how great would this be if Zeke just single-handedly carries them to yeah. round three with that stupid contract they gave him and then it actually pays off. Then I wrote down, do you trust Dak? Three question marks. And three. then I wrote next to it, no. Um, <laughs> then I wrote, Purdy hits 12 a.m. because it felt like there was a moment somewhere in that third quarter range where it was like, oh my God. Like, even if they get through this game, can they win two more games with this guy? But then he kind of settled down a little bit. Um, then I wrote down the legacy game for Dak Prescott thing. And then the next thing I wrote was, is Dak for Rodgers crazy? Mm -hmm. Would you trade for Aaron Rodgers? Do I need Kyle to turn the TikTok camera on? I don't think so. Throw it in you the You would want three years of Rodgers? No, you think three? I mean, is it three know. years where, well, first of all, was he even like McCarthy anymore? I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, I have to have Rodgers and I McCarthy. assume McCarthy's not there either. It's like Sean Payton and Rodgers, gotcha. something like that. Okay. Payton and Rodgers. Yeah, I think we have a better chance. 
I do. Probably have a better chance, right? Yeah. I wrote down a few things too. I wrote, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to leave this cruel world family. <laughs> um, and then you, then you said, Hey, we're on the zoom. So I got interrupted. <laughs> I'm going to finish it after. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to finish it afterwards. And then the last thing I wrote was horrific clock management as always. It was mm-hmm. just an epic last couple of minutes there. Well, first of all, you had the ball back. <laughs> With a chance to tie and you screwed it up. They get the ball back. Mitchell runs out of bounds for some reason. You get the ball back with 45 seconds left. Schultz just completely fucks up 35 of those seconds. And then it all ends with this Zeke Elliott play that Greg Olson was all excited about. He's, like, right. he's an eligible receiver, but they can still lateral to him. And he's, right. and he's pumped. It's my and, flag football team. I'm like, he's yeah. going to get pummeled if they even rush one guy. He's going to go flying eight yards into the backfield. And that's what happened. And then... He just got crushed. He got sent backwards. Yeah. And it was immediately tackled. And it was definitely a little similar to that crazy Colts pump play, but that's how it ended. But it was Well, you forgot about on the other side of the two-minute warning where the Cowboys had a rush but didn't rush long enough to punt with... uh, And then the idiot on the Niners fair catches it. And if he runs it, it was a whole weird thing. He fair catches it with 205. So if there's 207 left, the Niners don't pass there, right? But because it's 2.05, it's the last play before the two-minute warning anyway, and he throws Purdy perfect up the middle uh, first down to uh, Kittle. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then all the stuff you said with the running out of bounds and everything. I thought that was Shanahan's greatest moment was throwing with 2.05 left. I, it didn't yeah. even occur to me they were going to do that. And I, and I then when he did, I was like, oh, I should have known. He Kittle is pretty was, gutty, I will say, Purdy, like yeah. throwing back there. He really doesn't get flustered and doesn't uh, panic in the pocket and doesn't, you know, doesn't ball up um, like a lot of these quarterbacks would. Yeah, well, Shanahan, they had that quote that he said, he has more confidence than any rookie I've ever coached. Hmm. It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, Dallas loses, but the good thing for us is we were on this from that first weekend because we both watched that first game. We were like, this guy did not look like yeah. a rookie. He did not look scared. He looked like he right. belonged. And mm-hmm. he's carried that himself that way ever since. He's 8-0. And... um it's really a remarkable story. I got to say, like, I, I feel like we say this every week, but I'm taking it for granted that on third and nine, he's just going to like hit Kittle and McCaffrey. This guy, mm-hmm. he could have gone four years without playing. Like, just think like, even if Trey Lance never gets hurt and maybe Jimmy doesn't come until much later in the set, like there's a world in which Brock Purdy doesn't play one game until he's like 28. Yeah, and he was the last guy drafted. It's yeah. like, it's not like the Niners... They probably had like four players they wanted to decide between then, right? It's not yeah. like, oh boy, what a steal if he's still around with the last pick. The very last player drafted. Did you who did you watch the game with? Uh, I watched with Mikey Meatballs and my buddy Scott. Just just cowboy fans. We only had cowboy fans here today. When did the mood shift into oh my God, we're actually gonna lose this? This is fucking bullshit. I think right at halftime, honestly, even though I know we had a chance in the second half, with Pollard getting hurt, Pollard hurt and a bum kicker and a, a sketchy quarterback is, I mean, what, what you'd have to get really lucky. And the Niners were the ones getting lucky, right? Like I said, with the clock management to get a field goal off right before the half, the, the yeah. throw off the face mask, you know, Donovan Wilson holding by the goal line, like a little weird stupid holding, holding on a run. When do we, when do you, it was the right call, but when do you ever defensive hold on a run? Just it's very rare. Team. That's a, that yeah. was a rare one. You know, if McCarthy could put together a team with a great defense and the, and the spread out run game, like Shanahan would, then fine. Dak, Dak could be your guy, but I don't think they could coexist and get us to a, 
the Super Bowl. I really don't. So what do you do if you had to get rid of one of them? Who are you getting rid of? The coach? Um, I think the kicker is pretty good. Let me well, see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I assume he's out. So yeah. you have to choose. You can only get rid of one coach or QB. Who do you get rid of? I mean, what do you do? McCarthy has 25 regular season wins. Can you do that? I'm, I'm not worried about him going to another team or in the division or anything like that, but I think it has to be coach. I think it has to be. Start somewhere. Because, you know, the other thing is Dan Quinn, this, we're going to lose him too. I, I feel he really gets a, a starting job somewhere. I was shocked by how many people love Dallas this week. I was mm -hmm. also shocked by how afraid I was to bet on the three and a half. And I ended up taking the minus three at minus 130 in real life. I did. I just, the, ha the half point scared what do you me mean? with, the, oh, it did? with yeah. the Niners. I was like, I just, the three and a half, I, I, uh, and I just, the three just felt much safer. Mm -hmm. On the million dollar picks, I did the three and a half, but um, it felt like everybody liked Dallas in this game. And I thought the line was going to even move down to three. It never did. But for the most part, um, when you watch that first quarter, their defense seems so fast. Parsons was incredible today. I mean, I, I hope somebody yeah. makes a YouTube clip of all the times he just looked like he was shot out of a fucking cannon. Phenomenal. Um, really awesome. So you got that. I thought CD Lamb, you know, it was like, is he a one, is he a, is he a one or is he like a one and a half or it'd be actually mm -hmm. be nice if you had like the second one and a half and I, but I, I thought he was a one by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you get that. Wow, well, you're crestfallen. Do you want to just stop the pod? I'm sorry. No, Should no, we go? no. I actually want to give you a credit with the. I'm not supposed to. I'm happy with that. We have CD Lamb and Pollard and those guys. But uh, you, you did mention million dollar picks. And I, uh, I, I mean, it's a tremendous franchise. I mean, you did it outdoors this week. Where were you like, Mount Baldy? I did get a kick, though, out of uh, you like, I forgot what you said. You went, you let into, you like, I love the Giants, Giants, this, Daniel Jones, most confidence in him as a quarterback. All right, next game. I'm taking the Giants. Next game, Cowboys Niners. You can't overestimate the Cowboys based on what they did last week. <laughs> we just did the same with the Giants. I Granted, know. I I had them too, but you know you, you know what my mistake was with that? Um yeah. I I didn't think the Giants were like incredible last week. They won the game, but it wasn't it yeah. wasn't like, oh my God, here it wasn't like your game. We went it was to Dallas crazy. with like a juggernaut. We yeah, went to right. the Vikings. Well, really, the Vikings really suck. But we can, they do. We can get into that. Let's whatever. take a break. I want to talk about right. the Giants. Game. All right, I'll get through it. Yeah. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, "Man, why did that happen?" If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, "I did it." I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. 
Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two S, simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, the other NFC game, Giants Eagles. When did you know this game was over? Because it um, felt like when it was, when the Eagles were driving to make it 14 nothing, mm-hmm. and I had the Giants and I had a, a couple of teases parlays that I stupidly put them in, knowing that. This could, you know, I thought the Giants could be super frisky and maybe even like get in the fourth quarter, make it a three-point game. But I knew there was a chance that they just got annihilated. I felt like during that second Eagles drive, at some point, even before they scored, I was like, oh my God, this is over. There's no way. I'm not even going to cover the seven and a half. When did you know? Well, now I'm forgetting. Was that, did they go up 14 before the Giants went on fourth and eight? Because I feel like Dayball went, was wrong on every fourth down decision. No, he went, it was 7 nothing when he did that. Right. And when he did that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he doesn't think they can stop the Eagles. Because that was, I don't yeah. think it was like, oh, they, yeah, I'm going to get a little aggressive. I think he was like, we're not going to be able to stop the Eagles. I need points. And if we don't get this, we're going to lose anyway, was how I interpreted that. I didn't think he had a good game at all. I thought it was bad. No. But that's yeah. how I interpreted that. But you and I always talk about, all right, these fourth and shorts and everything, they're, you know, it's based on momentum a lot of time, right? And and this was not fourth and short. This was fourth and eight. And it was coming off a sack, right? So now you're coming off a sack. The place is going bonkers. And you're throwing to no-name receivers down seven, nothing. And then you're right. So that, to me, that was when, right before they scored 14. But they really did look almost from the start that they were just running downhill, right? Like, when like Kenneth Gainwell is eating you up and breaking yeah. tackles and everything, the offense is so spread out, um, and uh, it, it just it, they were just pushing him around. It just looked like a total mismatch. I rarely notice this or care about this, but I really thought it was a huge mistake in the moment when they deferred on the kickoff. Hmm. I just didn't get it because if you're the Giants, like, right? I just want I want to have a long first drive. I want to at least get a field goal. I want to have a little momentum. Worst case scenario is I defer and the Eagles score and it's 7-0. And yeah. now their fans are fired up. I, I didn't understand why they did that. They're not good enough to be like, oh, well, in the second half, if we hang around. I just, the other thing that I noticed that I wish I'd thought of um, before was the, just the difference between how good the Eagles secondary was versus the Giants receivers. It really yeah. felt dramatic because they, they had like some coverage sacks or almost sacks. Jones right. had time a couple times. There's like literally nobody open. So um, I went yeah, I think three the and difference one this week, was, but I, I, I got that I one that. so wrong. It almost felt like I went two and two. Yeah, but we got the Bengals so right. So that'll be fun to talk about. But you, uh, yeah, the Eagles were damn good. The Vikings were bad. Every crossing route worked against the Vikings. Like you said, the Eagles secondary hung in there. Coverage sacks. I think they had 70 sacks this year, 60 from the uh, right, defensive from the line. Front four, right? Yeah. Yeah, from the front four. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we just... Uh, you know, this was one of the picks that everybody you knew had the Giants, right? By Friday. Which was a red flag. Uh, by, by Saturday, right. it became a concern. I will say, right. though, and, and I, I thought this was a really hard week 
in general. Mm. I just, every game had some variable. And I thought for the Eagles, like, we just had no idea if Hertz was going to be good. Yeah, right. And I couldn't get that out of my head. Like, I'm going to lay seven and a half and this guy might mm -hmm. not be able to throw. His throwing looked fine. It didn't look like he totally wanted to get hit. Mm -hmm. And there were some times when he slid way earlier than he usually slides or he just, I, I thought he navigated, I thought he was great. Um, yeah. He navigated the not taking hits part of that game in a really interesting way that I know San Francisco had to have noticed, right? They're going to go into this next week and think like, we're going to fucking hit the shit out of this guy. This is every tougher, time, anytime yeah. we can chip him, anything, we're hitting him. Yeah, it looked like he was jogging for first downs, right? Like rolling yeah. left and jogging and getting like seven out of bounds. Like, wow, this seems way too easy. I don't know. I, I know we praised Dayball and everything, but you know what, it, what his record was his last 10? Yeah. Was like, was that like four and six? Three, six and one. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I um, maybe well, their, some their linebackers coach were of the so year bad. votes taken away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like the right four teams are in there, mm -hmm. but that one was one of those. I, there's also a world where the, they were up seven to three and Hertz looked like shit. And, um, right. But sure. for the Eagles, now you have to worry about them that they look too good in the week in round mm -hmm. two and heading into this round three. It was the Niners looked a little iffy, Brock Purdy. Um, I don't think we need to talk about that game that much, though. Let's talk about the two AFC games. All right. Bengals Bills. So <laughs> many storylines out of this. Yeah. Um, the Bengals were so impressive in that game. I wasn't as worried about their O line as as others. I thought I wasn't either. And you and I both thought it should have been Bengals plus three, something like that. The five mm -hmm. and a half, it just felt like there were two and a half extra points. So I love getting that. I thought they really had a chance to win. But the right. key thing was like the Bills don't have a good pass rush. And the Bills, I don't know, we watched teams kind of go up and down on them for the last couple of weeks. And the Bengals in that game before it got stopped, they were moving the ball on them and doing whatever they wanted. And they just came out. It was just long drives. for. They ended up with like 30 first downs. It was one of those, Romo said it at halftime. He said, I just, I've seen a lot of these. Jim, seen a lot of these games. <laughs> Bengals are moving the ball. They look very confident. I don't feel good for Buffalo right now. Like he saw it right away. Yeah, I think like, uh, we were texting about this and like, all right, they both look bad, right? The Bengals look bad and the Bills look bad last week. But I was willing to give Burrow, first of all, Burrow did not look bad last week, right? So he, yeah. he had made whatever adjustments. And you're right about the offensive line. The worst part about the offensive line, three guys being out, is when when one goes out in the middle of the game, right? So Williams goes out in the middle of the game. Then you got to make all those adjustments. So that's going to be a mess. Plus, they're very physical, Baltimore. Like, I just throw yeah. I throw all those AFC North results out, I think, pretty much when, when team goes on to play somebody else because they're so tough physically so much more than every team but, but I'm trying to figure out like who's a who's a boxer or who is a uh, an MMA star like that that not great but does you'll never look good against them offensively like everyone from Philly yes everybody from Philly the AFC North yeah, is Philly up. it's just like don't fight fat now don't take that fight you're gonna break your cheekbone yeah like Pernell Whitaker was great, but in his later years, like you just couldn't knock him out. And he just like, just, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's an older reference, but I'm sure there's UFC guys, but I still think Burrow is number one. I think he's the best. I think he's better. I was going to ask you that. Who, yeah. who has your number one spot right now? He's number one. He's I'm most kind of like confidence factor. I think Burrow, I think if I were going to start a team, I would stick with Burrow. 
He's so damn good and so smooth and he's never going to hurt you. And, you know, yeah, you're right about the three linemen being out, but that Williams had given up the most sacks yeah. at any lineman. Like he had, he had, he had given up personally 11 sacks to Burrow. So I'm like, all right, with a week of practice, they're going to be able to figure this out. Plus Allen had been dumped seven times last week. So, but I never had seen a team lose home field advantage more than the bills. Didn't they seem like they were slipping around all game and cornerbacks and, and everybody, they couldn't adjust until like the third quarter and it was too late. We can't criticize the Bills enough for that game. I mean, yeah. you can, the actual performance, it looked like they thought it was like week six. It just, they they didn't, weren't flying around. The Bengals, you know, one thing, and I like the Bengals, I picked them anyway, but one thing I didn't even think about for the money line was how offensive the whole selling tickets for the Atlanta game was to them. Yeah. That I sucked. was looking at it the other way because like Warren Sharp had that video this weekend. About, I know Warren Sharp owes us thousands of dollars, by the way. <laughs> I think we would have pulled the trigger more. If we oh, yeah. That, that really scared me because he had this video about how they're selling the tickets already in Atlanta. They mm -hmm. assigned Sheffers to the game who's like notoriously uh, pro home team, all that eight stuff. no Bills were 8-0 with Sheffers. Then Sheffers's, it's like Hamlin's yeah. coming. I had... I had the Bengals in a straight up and I ended up doing a Bills parlay oh, no. with the Niners because I got scared uh, to try to defray some of the costs. This is in real life, not whatever. But um, but yeah, I think they 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 looked just kind of half speed. That was one mm -hmm. piece. And then the the Josh Allen part, is it gonna come out that he has like a like a torn ulnar nerve or something? Mm. Or like a what? What would be the ulnar nerve? You can't tear an ulnar nerve. Uh, I think that's under your foot. I don't know where is. It? I don't where know. Is the they, this yeah, is I've I, I've offended like twenty <laughs> doctors right now. <laughs> it, right. How about this? A fucked up ulnar nerve or a fucked up elbow? Is there it going to come? His his throws were sailing, and it was like what we talked about last week with the hero ball stuff against Miami. Like they have these right. third and twos. Use your fucking legs. We were right. texting each other during the game. Like use your legs. You should have twenty runs in this game. And then the bigger picture to me is like they've built this team that's basically a dome team. It's this speed team that's mm -hmm. not really physical, that that can't really audible and and run the ball and do the kind of stuff you would need in a game like this. Whereas the Bengals have the kind of team. So you have the mm -hmm. you have the Bills, they're home. It's terrible weather. They have the ultimate quarterback you would want for this game, Josh Allen, who should have had like 22 rushes, and they fucking sucked. And it's like if I if I'm the Bills. I'm looking at this like, wait a second. We've, what did we do wrong? We've apparently built the wrong team. Cold weather, one seed. This is everything you'd want. Yeah. Josh Allen run the ball. Trevor Lawrence run the ball. Dak Prescott run the ball, right? I think we were saying yeah. that at, at some point, uh, you know, for hours uh, this weekend. Lawrence waited two hours to start running the ball. It's like, what are you yeah. doing? You're, you're faster than anybody in your team except ETN. Burrow's just better. He's just better. He's better. I, I yeah. think you're going to see, well, it, it's going to be a, a gimpy Mahomes, but you're going to see he's better anyway, Burrow. But they were physical. I mean, when Mixon goes over 100 yards, you know, you hadn't seen yeah. that. And he just spreads the ball out. I think like Chase Hurst and Pirine had probably a half a dozen catches each. Um, it's just a really good, solid, you know, stable, deep team. It was my favorite team heading into the playoffs before all those injuries. I didn't tell mm -hmm. you this. When I was in Colorado, the gambling's legal there, and I had I had yeah. some FanDuel money, and I bet two hundred and fifty bucks on in Colorado on a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl at twenty. That's to what one. I did. Do you yeah. have what twenty? I think twenty to one. I think we were uh, talking about it that week. 
Yeah. But I, I only got I was 13 like all excited. One, but, so I, yeah. now I have to go back to Colorado if it happens. But um, <laughs> but I thought heading into the playoffs, that those were, I thought, the two teams that I felt the best about. And then yeah. you lose three or five linemen. Then Karras gets hurt during the game. And mm-hmm. it just felt like, uh, you know, they might go sideways. I also like, I'm not a huge Zach Taylor fan. Yeah. And he makes me nervous and he does some weird stuff. But I thought his game playing all the stuff today, they were that team was so locked in. They're flying around, they're hitting the shit out of the bills. Um yep. I thought everything they did was really, really, really high end. I was impressed. I, I mean, they definitely had a chip on their shoulder, right? They didn't think yeah. they should be playing on the road. Um, everybody's leaving them for dead. I don't know. Maybe word got around that they were a five and a half, six point um underdog. You know, you got this conspiracy thing. And by the way, that would, the league needs to leave that alone. I, I know they wanted that to happen. You know they wanted to test out the um, neutral field, whether Warren no Sharp was right or not. That was That's ridiculous. We don't need that. That was a beautiful game in the snow, right? It was nice to look at. And theoretically, it should have helped the Bills or at least uh, not be a disadvantage. But we need more of that in football. Totally agree. Yeah, I there was like if I didn't even fully realize this because I did I don't know the Bengals talked a lot about it. Pretty heavy nobody believes in us vibe coming mm-hmm. out of the game from them about like, oh, they were selling the tickets in Atlanta already. And you know, that's like one of my number one playoff manifesto things. I was already in on them, but yeah. I didn't realize that they were that pissed off. Like Burrow, like couldn't wait to mention the post game go get those about refunds. The refunds. So love it. That little rallying thing. Really helped them. And I really do think they have the best team. Um, Is I think Romo I, in either right, conference. We, I think we, like Romo touched on it. We, we're constantly like trying to compare Burrow to Mahomes or, you know, whoever else, Herbert or some of the, the top quarterbacks, Allen. Should we be comparing them to Peyton Manning? Like a young Peyton Manning? Just with that I don't arm, think so. I, I don't think like, Manning moved no? like that. To me, he reminds me of Brady before he hurt his ACL, like that, hmm. like 07 Brady, where right. he just could make every throw and just had the most charisma and could move around in a real way. Um, I don't know. He, he he certainly seems like he's got some fuck you in him. Did you see that game where he's, or the interview after when he, I forget the exact quote, but he was like, uh, it was like him and Mahomes. It was like, well, we knew it was coming to this. Like, the best QBs, the best team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah, he, he like did a little compliment yeah. for himself. I was like, oh, Joey B. I'm with Feeling you. It. I, I like everything about that guy. I, we'll, we'll, you and I are going to go see 80 for Burrow a uh, couple weeks from now. This I can't be, wait. Well, yeah. you were mad they overturned the Chase TD and, and like the longest like, control it until it hits the ground I think we've ever had. He hit the ball for like 18 seconds before the ground caused the fumble. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a great throw and a great catch. And I know there has to be a rule in place, but we really want to un- overturn those those athletic plays. And yes, he had it enough. He had it twice, actually, before the uh, Milano hit, I think. And then he hits the frozen ground and it jars loose a little bit. Like, come on. What are we doing anymore? I wrote down a couple things for this. I think since he, in the Godfather, when the, he's driving after the big meeting, Don Corleone mm-hmm. with Duval, and he's like, insist, insist with Barzini, blah, blah, blah. And, and Duval says, you mean, you mean Tatali? He's like, nah, Tatali's a pimp. <laughs> I didn't realize until today it was Barzini all along. That Barzini was the Bengals and Tatalia was the Bills. The Bills were I a like pimp. It. Um, I like it. Yep. They're, uh, 
I got it. The bills are, they're, they're, yeah, they're driving through the, uh, they're paying the toll right now. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. I got to ask, like, do you feel differently about Josh Allen? There's some like James Harden potential. It's not quite turned the TikTok camera on, mm. but it's a little like, eh, yet again. Now people would say, no, no, last year they had it and they, and the defense choked with 13 seconds left, but, um, I don't know. He's supposed to be the equal of Mahomes and Burrow, and he just didn't look like that the last six weeks. So if he's yeah, not like, injured, we need to find out. First of all, he always has that blood immediately on his elbow. You ever see that? And the white sleeve, he has the yeah. uh, he has the Kurt Schilling thing going every game in the first quarter. It's like, are you not washing that shirt, or did that really just happen? This on is the lucky first shirt. Play? It didn't seem like he got dumped uh, to the ground. But yeah, look, say what you will about the team and Von Miller's absence, like hurting them. Josh Allen needed to be better. And yeah. he does this weird thing where when he's running the ball, I don't think this helps. When he's tackled, he'll like spin it. He'll spin the ball. A lot of times he'll be upset with the ref because he thought he got hit late or something. But the, the moment he goes down, he spins it. And it's like, oh, was that a fumble? Because now we're so used to see. Like he actually fumbled when he was down twice and they yeah. didn't even mention it. But, but you know, he's, he's losing the ball. Almost every single time he takes it and runs with it. I don't remember that from him. So he's really, he's got to reprove to us that he's not going to be the turnover prone Josh Allen, right? I mean, they had three turnovers in each of the last three before this game. And he sailed some big passes. Like he had digs on the first drive, missed them. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a couple of third and twos or whatever. They ran the ball 19 for 63. Since he ran the ball 30 for 172. And Josh was eight for 26 in this game. Diggs only had four catches for 35 yards. It never felt like they figured out that second, third receiver thing. It's like Gabe Davis mm-hmm. was so awesome last year. But I really, I, le- I left that game and I left the season with them thinking like they built a team that like, it's like they thought they were playing in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's like this finesse team that um, for a game like that, it just felt like the Bengals were way better suited. And then you think like, did they miss their window would be the next question. Well, yeah, maybe. And I think you're right. They finesse and they can't out finesse like Mahomes, right? And they're not tough enough to beat Cincinnati. Yeah, they're in no Boy, man's you, land. Yeah, I, you talk about like coaches. Or I, I really don't know if I take a job in the AFC because you have to go through Cincinnati or Kansas City and Buffalo is like the lesser of the three. That is, that's really, really tough. If you're going to be a quarterback or a uh And a Jacksonville's coach, like, you know. Jacksonville might be two guys away from... Yeah. Like circling the conversation at least. I the yeah. other thing is, you know, the the defensive coordinator was awful. I have a couple of Bills fans in my life and all of them were like, Leslie Frazier, get this guy mm-hmm. out of here. He get they gave up the the game tying field goal with thirteen, you know, the thirteen second thing last year, right. which almost could have been fireable in the wrong hands anyway. But I think after that, it seems like they need to do something. The other the other thing I was thinking was we all thought that Hamlin was going to be such an emotional lift. Do we just, cause we're fans, do we overrate emotional lifts? Like once those guys are out there, are they really thinking like, oh, I got to try harder to bar Hamlin's here. Maybe we just overthink that. Well, well, one thing that wasn't talked about with all DeMar Hamlin stuff is how much they needed DeMar Hamlin on the field. Right. Right. Cause he was replacing Poyer and, and then he got, uh, obviously he was out of there and then his replacement got out of there and they had like a, a number four playing in that position. Like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Uh, I mean, I know Hamlin's number three, but like this is what they really, they were really thin back there. And yeah, you're right. You don't want to look at it like this because in the movies, 
Hamlin doesn't speak for weeks and then a pop appears on the Jumbotron and then like the fans go crazy and Josh Allen's just inspired. But, but, you know, Hamlin was at the facility every day this week, I think, right? So yeah. they didn't, I, I don't know that they had any emotion. Not that that should have been uh, the game plan at, at all. The thing is, it, it's it the playoffs. Help. Everybody's trying their right. absolute hardest. So it's, it's hard to get an emotional lift. Mm -hmm. The other thing I thought, Maybe Buffalo's bad luck didn't get enough attention or thought about. Mm. Like, we kind of glossed over how awful the 13 seconds loss was, their Super Bowl history, the whole thing. And then this year, you and I, we did the over-under pod before the year, and everybody's like, Buffalo, put them in. And um, I don't know, it's Buffalo. It's like your team. It's the Cowboys. Yeah. We have 30-plus years now of the Cowboys falling on their faces at the worst time. Like, at some point, might have to prove, prove with any of these franchises. You kind of, the Chargers are another one. Yeah, maybe, well, that's the thing. Maybe we kind of yeah, need to see it. Yeah, you get teams that win twelve and thirteen games of the year, and I'm I'm still like more depressed than I am if I'm a Lions fan, which is saying a lot, or you know any of these middling teams that have seven, eight, nine wins. So, uh, yeah, you're really down. Should I just start talking like Prince Harry to cheer? Yeah, you up? just talk. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me <laughs> your best. Sad, Prince we got to take a break. <laughs> Let's just do a uh, call. My for butler 25 just minutes. made me a latte. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 By the way, what about Al Michaels and, and Prince Harry next year? You think that saves? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Can we have that? <laughs> how about how about poor we we had all these playoff games? Like the, we had one of the games was announced by Moose Johnson and Joe Davis. That's not it's good. a round two playoff game. Buck and Aikman are fucking home. We can't it's get Buck good. and Aikman for one round. No, nobody would guys? just hire them. Just give them two and a half million dollars for that. Why Saturday can't Fox just be like, hey, ESPN? Two million bucks for Buck and Aikman for one game. Um, and he is being like, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's not happening, but you know how I feel. And I think you feel the same way. Where, where's Gus Johnson and all of this? That yeah, Fox has Gus? him locked. They have him locked up on the contract for college. You put him in that booth, and all of a sudden, that Giants Eagles is a three point game in the fourth quarter. And it's exciting. Joe Davis and Moose Johnson. Mm. The hell? <laughs> Every time I see Moose Johnson, I think of the, uh, the, the Shaq roast. Yeah, Moose was it Emmett Smith? Yeah, Emmett Smith. Yeah, Emmett Moose Smith Johnson went up and he gave like this really nice fifteen minute speech with no jokes about Emmett Smith, and yeah. then Jeff Ross followed him. And it's like, I I was going to do this whole thing, but Moose Johnson stole all my shit. <laughs> he had <laughs> never seen Moose a Johnson roast before, bad. and he had never. It's like he's never seen a football game before either. What he said, I don't know. It's uh. It's pretty yeah. rough. It's as Buck exciting as a, a football uh, fullback on your fantasy team is basically the equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Tough one for Buffalo, though. And yeah. I do think, like, there's this alternate universe. I think since he would have beaten Buffalo in that game, the, mm -hmm. the, the game when Hamlin went down, they stopped it. I, I just think they were locked in that game they were going to win. And maybe they're the two seed and Buffalo's the three seed. And now, like, uh, the whole dynamic shifts. Hamlin's playing. Now right. it's in Cincinnati. Buffalo's getting three and a half, and maybe, maybe all of it's different. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about Jacksonville, KC, and we'll do guess. Oh, I love that game. Guess the lines. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game, and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? 
little doubleheader, little NBA doubleheader. Right, first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time, that's usually about five o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. All right, Jacksonville KC, that was the first game of the day. Had a dramatic heroic cover by the Jags. Just getting it under, uh, getting it to seven, getting it under the eight and a half. Mm -hmm. Collinsworth, <laughs> he's like Santa Collinsworth now. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Patrick Santa. Mahomes, his leg came off. This guy's this guy tough for what? He's got one leg. <laughs> he just, I mean, it's unfair, Bill. He just took a <laughs> crap on the 50 yard. You see that little turn over there? Let me circle it with the telestrator. He's really. Mike, he took like his that. ankle off and he turned it around. And, man, it's, you see, it's unfair. How does he do it? It's unfair. Yeah, well, they made it fair. They went after his leg and all of a sudden it was fair. And every one of us who had the Chiefs on the money line was biting our hands off. Oh, man. Well, then Henny comes in. He's five for seven for 23 yards and Collinsworth mm. is making it seem uh, like it's, it's like Tom Brady against the Falcons coming back from 28. Right. And he, my, my, my God, Mike, my, my God. And it's like, wait, he completed a couple outs. 23, not only that, 23 yards. Right. Like you said, on that 98 yard drive, yeah. he, he was the orchestrator. Like what? He orchestrated it. All right. Yeah. 23 yards. They got a 15 including... yard penalty. They got a 40 yard run. And on third and three, he throws a one-yard pass to Kelsey in double coverage. And Kelsey breaks the tackle and gets the first down, gets like seven out of it. So that was seven of the 23. Like, I, I don't know. And then, you know, all right, Collinsworth, they were all going crazy. But that, And I hate Jason Garrett. Afterwards, I'm like, did these NBC idiots even watch the game? Enough with the Chad Henney shit. If Kelsey, right. if Kelsey has COVID and has to sit out, the Chiefs lose that game by 10. Like he had, what, he had 13 catches? He had 14 catches. And the rest of the Chiefs had 13. Like he is, he is the man. It's Kelsey and it's Gronk and it's nobody else. You could take your pick over there. But I, I, I kind of think Kelsey reinvented the game for big guys just being able to get open all the time. Yeah. If you and I were on the NBC set, it would have got gone, they would have passed around and Garrett would have done his grinning joker uh, thing and it would have gone to us and we'd be like, can we just fucking cover Travis Kelsey? Just put yeah. two guys on him. They have right. nobody else. Who's beating yeah. you? That yeah. Marquez Valdez Scantling? Uh, Sky Moore, yeah. who's who's beating you on this team? Just cover cover Kelsey. Put a guy right in front of him. Chip him at the line. Have another guy behind him, and let him throw to everybody else in the Chiefs. Kelsey, yep. fourteen catches. He wouldn't have five if I was the defensive coordinator. I'm like, I don't care. He can go thirty nine for fifty with all the other guys in the team. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Kelsey's getting five catches. That's it. He was there. Were plays when they didn't even have anybody on him. Well, not to mention. 
as limited as Mahomes was in the second half, it's all three-step drops, right? And that third step is going to be on a gimpy leg. So who's open six yards downfield? It's Kelsey all the time. Unless you you chip him or like you said, there's two guys on him. Yeah, you're right. Sky Moore over the top is not going to be the problem at that point. It was stupid. And Collinsworth loved Pacheco, too. That was the other one. Oh, is this Pacheco? Is seventh-round oh, yeah. pick, Mike? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just urinated on my leg. Did you see that, Mike? <laughs> Another angry run. He's just so good. Oh, my God. With Chad Henney, they, they, you know, anytime Chad Henney gets in the game, like, you know, it's it, it's it's enough. You know, obviously, like we said, Kelsey helped him out a lot. But they immediately have to show how much money he made over his career. You know, it's like Chad Henney has earned $40 million and he must be like, all right, what the hell did I do? I'm just coming in here. The starter got hurt. Leave me alone with this. The actual conversation is like the guy played on the Jaguars for a while and they probably, all the Jaguar fans are probably like, this guy sucks. This is huge. Yeah, right. They just, right. They just, Patrick Mahomes is out. This guy's in that we used to watch and make fun of. Um, we we went this far talking about this game without even mentioning this. I thought the Jags should have won. I, I really think they left that on the table. I thought that was a W. All of these different moments in that game, the 98-yard drive with Henny, like that's how do you let that happen? Mm -hmm. uh, they fumbled on the four, that Agnew play. They had that other play when they got the turnover and then they somehow went backwards 12 yards and had to punt instead yeah. kick field goal. Felt like they left two field goals on the table. They left that play on the four-yard line on the table. And for the most part, I know Mahomes was hurt, but... Um, it felt like they had everybody shut down except for Kelsey. I don't know. It felt winnable to me. And then what we what you said before that we were talking about during the game, like Lawrence not realizing for two hours that he should be moving around and trying to yeah. create plays. But once he started doing that, it felt like they were unstoppable. It drives me nuts that there aren't more design runs for these running quarterbacks. Like it, it, right. it's my, my biggest pet peeve, I think. But I think you're right. And, you know, I hate to do this. I know you get mad. I always interject like, NBA comparisons and everything, but I know. in I that like late it. second quarter, early third quarter, from when Mahomes was out to when Mahomes was still getting his footing, no pun intended, um, they didn't take advantage at all, right? And it's kind of like, all right, you know, uh, Luka Doncic, Doncic is going to say, I can't even say the name, uh, is going to be sit out four minutes, and you ended up getting outscored fourteen to four in those four minutes. Like that's you can't do that, right? You had to. That is really when they had to put their foot on the pedal. But, uh, I almost would have called a timeout when it was one of those third downs with Henny. You just mm -hmm. like get the defense like, dude, it's fucking Chad Henny. He hasn't played in five years. Let's get a stop. Right. This guy sucks. Right. There's a reason he yeah. hasn't started in nine years, but they yeah. let him go down the field. But what a cover though by Coach Peterson. We can't give a uh, say enough. About uh, it, right, so down ten could have scored. Could have gone for the touchdown like a lot of coaches would, but uh, cuts it to seven. Coach it was even Peterson. better than that. They did the thing where they threw it into the end zone to yeah. see if they could get one, which is what you should do. And say, like some of these teams, they do the dumb thing where they throw it over the middle and then they score with four seconds left. And it's right. like, well, they that was stupid. Kill clock. Yeah. Um, they did it. They did it perfectly. They got the cover. And I thought that was the hardest game of the weekend because you knew it was going to come down to the Jags with the ball, trying to somehow get, get it from double digits to the seven. That's exactly what happened. The line was too high. They had to jack. I feel like the science of gambling, so many people know what they're doing now that mm. there's real value in some of these games. I thought that line was two points too high, but they have to get it over the nine. So we don't, they don't want us to tease the KC down under three. Right. 
Right. So they're just well, like, you know what? It's nine and a half. And then you're getting like two extra free points, basically. They can make it whatever. The Chiefs have no interest in covering this year. Are they like six, no. 11 and one now? It's like Andy no. Reid's just like the win and move on. That's all. Well, we have, first of all, nice, nice little starter for Jacksonville. Now that they can go into the offseason. I thought Kirk, everyone made fun of that signing. I thought he was good in all the, all the do or die games that they were in. He was, he was seen over and over again. And now they'll probably get one more receiver. Well, maybe, I, uh, I, yeah, we made linebacker. fun of him. But yeah, they, their pass rush was good, right? Like yeah. right from the start, you knew Mahomes was going to have a little bit of trouble, wasn't going to be able to do exactly what he wanted to do. But they spent $260 million in the offseason on free agency, right? And so that should at least let them, you know, allow them to win the terrible AFC South. Yeah. Plus another game. I think you're right. I think they move a few parts around. They keep Peterson and they're right in there for, you know, one or two wins in the playoffs next year. What do you think their over under is next year? Oh. Like nine and a half. What was it this year? Lower. Six. It was like six. Oh, yeah. No, six or six, six and a half. And they're probably like minus 150 already for the AFC South, depending on what happens. Right. Yeah. I think nine, nine and a half is probably right. All right. Let's guess the lines. Let's do it. Wow. It's down to two games, huh? And then what? One? That's what's sad. the first game and what's the second game? Um, the first game is San Francisco at Philadelphia. They're doing the NFC early. I would have been mad if that, I would have been mad anyway, if that was a neutral game at night, because, uh, that just looks like shit, right? If it's in dome at night, I, I don't like yeah. that at all. So, but anyway, San Francisco, Philly early, and then six thirty Eastern Cincy at KC. I do feel like these are the best four teams. I'm with you. Yeah. It's fine. These are the right four. And then I think Dallas. And Jacksonville, mm-hmm. um, we're no probably Buffalo, like, huh? and Buffalo. Those three are probably like in that next level. And mm-hmm. I think the mistake everybody made was thinking it was five teams, not four, including me. I thought heading into the season, I thought we had five really good teams and then some lingerers. Yeah, I do think the Chargers, had they not fucked things up and had Mike Williams not gotten hurt, I think they, I think they could have beaten the Bills or the Chiefs. I really do. I think that. That I look at the teams that didn't make it, and that's the one that stands out to me. And I think Pittsburgh could have beaten Buffalo in round one. I said that last week. Mm. Wow. If they had been They're in the seventh seed, I think Buffalo was dying yeah. to lose to somebody at home and have somebody just run the ball and control the clock and outcoach them. They were they were gonna do that at some point. I like watching them Pittsburgh, but you know, yeah, maybe win a game upset, but True. a team that sc- struggles to score 20 is just not gonna win three in a row. And the cheat and the Chargers just as scatterbrained as they are. We're just never going to win three in a row. Coach, kicker, everything yeah. else, injuries, dumb oh. doctors trying to kill everybody. You know. Well, last week, I think I'm going to make a prediction every Sunday on the podcast. Because last we week I told that? you. Oh. Yeah. I think I'm going to make a, Kyle, maybe we'll make this a running segment and we could cut out. Because last week I told you the Chargers were going to be too cheap to fire Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. They did not fire Brandon Staley. They fired right. his offensive coordinator, but they, they were too cheap to fire him. That's how it's going to play out. This week's prediction. I think Aaron Rodgers ends up on the Jets. Hmm. I think he's done in Green Bay, and I think he ends up on the Jets. And my backup choice would be Vegas. But I think Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet next year. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to lock that in as my prediction for the week of January 22nd. Wow. Can I make one? Yeah. Okay. You're going to stop following football? That'd be great. 
if I can only do it. It's just not in my blood. I think, though, uh, Shannon Sharp is going to win Dana White's uh, slap fight competition. And uh, <laughs> he's going to hold that title for 37 years. <laughs> even I even I thought the slap league was reprehensible. It was like four <laughs> guys got knocked out. What is this? How do we in 2023 have a league where people get slapped unconscious? There's not a lot of defense, I noticed, in that, which uh, is, is problematic. <laughs> you just kind of have to flinch. Yeah. You're like, uh, just, all right, I hope my brain doesn't rotate in my head faster than my head turns and I don't get knocked out. I don't, how is this legal in any New York? It can't be legal in the United States. Remember how much trouble it's, UFC had getting a license? Chris Nowinski, who's done a lot of good CT, yeah. he's he's been like the point man for all the CT research. He was, mm -hmm. he, he wondered if that, if the next version of this would be called who could survive a stabbing. <laughs> and I was thinking like, it's really not much different than watching people slap each other unconscious as an actual league. Right. I, I, I thought that was, uh, that was just nuts. Wait, why do we I get say, on this subject? I, 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 that was oh, my Shannon dumb Sharp. prediction. Yeah, it was my well, prediction. Yeah. The Shannon Sharp thing where, so he, I, I tweeted about it and people are like, why are you so mad? It's like, I'm not mad. I just like, what are the rules for sitting courtside? So he yeah. play, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. So he's allowed to mix it up with the players. But like, would can Jalen Rose now do that? Kornheiser? Right. Kornheiser would be funny. I think you said Kornheiser. That's I said Kornheiser, but like, is it yeah. like, so you had to be a player. There is there some player versus player thing that he becomes immune? They let him come back to his seat. Yeah, it was bordering on Will Smith that as behavior, right? I mean, without the assault part of it. But yeah, the the letting him come back and sit for the rest uh, really like uh, makes you wonder what the what the rules are. I don't know. I'll have to read the back of the ticket stub because it doesn't seem like that's acceptable. Everything I don't and like that sweater I, definitely wasn't acceptable. <laughs> I could care less. I just I don't know what our rules are because we've heard LeBron talk over the years about LeBron got people kicked out of the Indiana Pacers game. Yeah. And then this happened. He's like, oh, you know, that's my guy, Shannon Sharp. It's like, wait, yeah, yeah. you have to pick a side on this, LeBron. Are people right. sitting courtside allowed to start shit with the players in the court and respond mm -hmm. to them and stand up and make it seem like there might be a fight or they're not? Yeah. Which, and of which, course, one are, which one are we doing? Pick a side. It takes four minutes to find any hypocrisy and Skip and Shannon. Skip talking about like these people that sit courtside feel entitled to be able to go after players. Like this yeah. was a few months ago, this argument. But um I'm sure there's a difference somehow. Very strange. It's there's like a 10% chance the whole thing was rigged. Mm. And it was like, hey, Dylan Brooks, come yell at me and then I'll yell at you and then come watch my show on Monday. Yeah, well, I but ESPN retweeted it. ESPN was all over. It was like a free commercial for them. It was great. Mike Breen and Mark Jack. I was actually watching. Mike Breen and Mark Jackson seemed horrified. Mm-hmm. They came back and they were just like, what the hell just happened? We almost had it's an actual weird. fight on the court. Um, all right. So the first game is San Francisco at Philly. Mm -hmm. Awesome game. And I went with the traditional Philly by three. I would have said two and a half, except I think Purdy's worth a half point for Philly. Mm. You, um, you, you stumped me here because when you said three, I was like, oh, I, I got this guy. I'm saying four. They were, you know, they were what against the Giants? They were seven, seven and a half. It's got to yeah. be four. Two and a half is right. You get it. Mm. Two and a half. I think San Francisco's a probably safer bet as a team. But mm -hmm. the Purdy piece and then being in Philly are the two wrinkles. But it's an awesome game. 
I don't really good. I I don't feel comfortable betting against the San Francisco team. Too many weapons. They, I mean, well, they, yeah. they can just roll out fucking McCaffrey on third and five. Send Kittle over the middle. McCaffrey's running a real route. Debo's running like a stop and start. Ayuk's going deep. Like, what the fuck do you do with this team? Yeah, I know it. The, the kid fell into a great situation. And, uh, well, first of all, we have to stick with San Francisco and Cincinnati. It's our Super Bowl pick from right. a month ago. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, and also public opinion is going to be riding the Philly high, right, versus... San Francisco right. was lucky to get by Dallas kind of thing. So this is where the Niners sneak up on them, I think. I mean, even that play, what was it, like third and 15? Jennings all the way across the field yeah. got out of bounds. Like, Because he's the fifth option on the play. Like, what are they right. going to cover? Everybody in the team? I, uh, I want that line to get to three, and I'm going to take San Francisco. If it's two and a half, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Well, we got a nice teaser staring us in the face here, if you look at the second one. But Second one I had, um, what did I send you? You said uh, you said three and a half, Kansas City favored. Kansas City favored by three and a half. That was factoring in, I would have said four, except the Mahomes. Mahomes mm -hmm. high ankle sprain, he's fine. Tony Pollard went down like he was shot. I guess there's different types of high ankle sprains, but right. I everyone's like, no, Mahomes will be fine. I find it hard to believe he's going to be fine. Mac Jones had a high ankle sprain. He was gone for like three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. So it feels like that should affect the line a little bit. What'd you have? I You said three and a half. I said three. It's one and a half, which makes me think this is not a high ankle spring. Also, isn't isn't the Wait, walking boot? It's KC by one and a half? KC by one and a half. What the fuck? This is not a high ankle spring. What do you it think? It's like a broken ankle? I think there's something broken. I know there's tendons that are messed up in a in a uh in ligaments in a high ankle sprain anyway, but there's no walking boot. There's nothing consistent with a high ankle sprain here, I don't think. I think it's a little more than that. So if Mahomes was 100% healthy, what's the line? Four? Three and a half, four, right? People are really well impressed by Cincy. Yeah, the Bills were five and a half. That was a mistake. So it, it couldn't be really more than four at this point. Hmm. Well, yeah, this like, is something bigger. Like people were mad at Ro Romo was saying, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to do it. And everyone got mad. Everyone's like, of course he's going to play. And I think he will play, but I also think it's worse than they're letting on. Interesting. Not great. Not great, Jim. Here we go, Jim. <laughs> Mahomes can't move, Jim. Here we go. Oh, these, these guys. Are you kidding me, Bill? <laughs> You're going to have to take Patrick Mahomes' leg off and hit him over the head and knock him unconscious with it. That's the only way he's missing this game. This like. guy can hop around on one leg and bat it 30 yards with his crutch. He, he can do it all. <laughs> We have to apologize to Mike Tirico, by the way, because uh, we didn't yeah. praise him enough for how awesome his fumble call was last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, after we did the pod, I was on Twitter and a couple of people had that call. And it really was like great, Excellent. especially coming mm -hmm. off uh, that that bizarre Al Michaels game. Right, right. Um, he, he really, uh, he lit it up. Yeah, it was a game-changing um, call. I'm all, you know, I love Al and everything, but he's like, you know... <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a, a fine line between Vince Scully leaving like three minutes of silence for the Bill Buckner play and um and just not really saying anything on a game <laughs> and not being alive. Play, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. Um all right. Let's uh well, we got teasers. We got teasers, right? I mean, just now, right now, we got plus eight and a half and plus seven and a half. It's good enough. 
So you're saying Niners, Bengals, T's? Yeah, sure. Keep it going. We're riding I high. Thought, we're doubling up on our blackjack winnings. We're doubling down. I doing. had a five-team T's this weekend that the Giants screwed with me. Uh, um, and this is why you don't do five-team teases, but all the other ones hit where yeah. it was like, uh, it was a seven-pointer, like San Francisco to plus three and a half and, you know, Casey and Jacksonville and Cincinnati up to 12 and a half. It was a great one. Giants kept you just interested enough when they made it, what, 28-7? To, what'd you, what were you getting, 14 and a half on a teaser? Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, it felt like boy. they might get a cheapie at the end. Yeah, well, they kept punting on fourth and five. They're like, no, we have seven more possessions. Like, no, you have two. What are <laughs> yeah, you doing? What was that? <laughs> I um, don't know, Dable. I don't know. All right, let's take a break and do uh, Parent Corner. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, more specifically the McCrispy. Oh, yeah. The Southern-style fried chicken sandwich that's crispy, juicy, and tender. Perfection. I only found about, out about the McCrispy relatively recently. Let me tell you something. This is one of my weaknesses. I cannot resist these sandwiches. I like the extra pickles. You can, you can just say, you know what? Throw extra pickles on there. And guess what? They'll do it because nothing's better than extra pickles on a McCrispy. There are many, many, many different chicken sandwiches, but there's only one McCrispy. Visit your nearest McDonald's today or order now on the very, very well done, McDonald's app. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash in every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card member. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. So our special guest, I knew Sal was going to be devastated after this Dallas loss. And the you. only thing that could cheer him up is a smoking James Baby Doll Dixon on a Zoom. <laughs> Look at it. Sal's a different guy. <laughs> I love it. Completely rejuvenated. <laughs> wow, baby. baby I also this is have, great. I have my, my Coca-Cola. Oh. I need my, caf- my, I need my caffeine at 11. 20 at night, but yeah, it's uh, late by you, right? Sorry about sorry about your cowboys, baby. Uh, you know what a what a dud of a game that was, though, huh? Well, I was gonna say, and I think I said to you earlier, better than to be a Giants fan, right? Giants, it was over, oh. it was painless, unless you like Simmons had him plus 14 and a half on the teaser. You had to actually watch the second half. But yeah, I, I still am a firm supporter of it's better to get blown out than lose a, a devastating close game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Baby no, it was we Baby, we're having yes. you on not just to cheer not just to cheer Sal up. This is making him so <laughs> happy. Right I love now. it. Oh, look at the smoke for the listeners. Baby's just having a cigarette right now, which is great. Um, but it's the twentieth <laughs> anniversary show of our of our cousin Jimmy. Yeah, this can week, you believe it? You put the whole show together. You saved it from cancellation. You hired uh, everybody. You you take all the credit now. I actually take all the credit. Jimmy was just a mere bystander in this whole process. <laughs> uh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it is kind of a, it is kind of a miracle that we're on the air 20 years later. I mean, w- once we hit our groove in 
season yeah. what would you say season what like 19 18 19 no it's right yeah. around when he did the the fucking oh, matt like damon November? video yeah it was like late 2000s oh, right. when it was yeah, like oh damon. this is gonna be on now for 20 years yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i say you know i did some i jotted down some quick math as i watched him take drags off uh the lung dart there baby in 20 years made 187 million dollars off the show <laughs> How much did you You're sell close. to Spotify? It's a, it's that's a close You're race close. between I'm, you two. I made like you know a few million less than Simmons, but yeah, close. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, baby was. It's been a good couple of decades for us all, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, all of us. It's all. It's been it's really true. good, but it's true. But, I didn't really uh, understand how Hollywood worked, but at at one point in the show, baby was representing <laughs> the host most of the producers and all the writers, he was somehow negotiating on both sides and he was the same agent each way. Yeah. I didn't That's understand how you pulled that baby. off, baby. By the way, also the same exact thing for the competing show, the Colbert. Like, <laughs> right. Listen, and he had John Stewart and Colbert. I don't know. How did you do this? Conflict baby? is good. You know, listen, I'm like Salazzo from the Godfather. I'm a businessman. Well, that's a Godfather expensive, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you pulled it off. You had Baby's now on his third cigarette in four <laughs> minutes. I don't know how he pulled that off. No, this is my first uh oh, my first it? dark okay. baby. Doll. Wait, baby, right. let's go let's go back to two thousand two. Mm-hmm. So ABC is gonna launch a late night show and it seems like it's gonna be with John Stewart, your client. Right? John Stewart's yeah. doing really he well was- on the daily show. He's the leading contender to get the show, but they decide that they're more interested in Jimmy Kimmel who's also your client, and now you have both people being considered for the show. This is where he's not going to be truthful, but go ahead. We'll let him speak. Go ahead. This is where I lie, cuz? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is where I fudge? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Just start smoking furiously. No. Nah, you know what it was? They, they, they definitely like both of them, but mm-hmm. as Bob Iger will tell you, as he, he did the other night, it was a financial decision. John was already making a fair amount of money on the daily show. And, uh, they looked at the numbers and they went, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we, we like Jimmy and, uh, he connects with the audience. Let's give him a shot. So, and John, honestly, John was not pining for this in any way. He was pissed. uh, He was a little bit pissed. No, not at all. Tiny bit. Not not really. It was awkward. Was it not awkward? (laughs) A, a, a tiny bit, but but <laughs> I will say this: that the best decisions were made, right? Imagine if John left sure. the Daily Show, you know, fifteen years before he left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that show became iconic. It was generational, right? So, I think everybody did fine. But you Every- must have been. Well, I'm I'm sorry, Bill, but you must have been over the moon because that's two giant commissions you take instead of. Jay Stu just moving from Daily Show to another high paying right. gig. That, now, was I mean, exactly, you doing? that was exactly how I prioritized it. That's right, cousin. Well, uh, whatever, however you did it. No, but you must have been like, holy shit, how did this work out for me? You must have been I, a little bit. I, I mean, it, it worked out <laughs> fine, but I, that certainly wasn't part of the calculus. All right. Not. It really Listen, wasn't. That wasn't the worst job he did repping John Stewart. It was when he let John Stewart get suflexed in <laughs> WrestleMania or whatever that was. I, it I wasn't even it was you Monday were fired after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do told it again, him to baby. sign the waiver, not sign the waiver, and he did it anyway. You know, sometimes your clients don't listen to me. 
Yeah, I did it too. Yeah. So <laughs> when during that first year, when did you think the show was going to get canceled? When did you resign yourself to the fact that the show is getting canceled? And when were you s completely shocked that it wasn't going to get canceled and it was just going to keep going? Uh, I would say that I would say six months in, it was it was teetering, right? And then after the first year, after we lasted the first year, I, I, I have to say that it's going to sound gratuitous in so, on some level, but of course, Jimmy was. Maybe the show wasn't catching on per se, but I think the network recognized that Jimmy was, is, was uniquely talented and mm -hmm. they were smart enough to, to hold on to him and go, these shows take a while to find their footing, especially mm -hmm. a new, a new show at ABC. They'd never really had a late night talk show to compete with uh, CBS and NBC. And they saw that Jimmy was deeply talented and if they let him go he was going to go somewhere else and compete against them and to their credit they stuck with him and uh mm. here we are so True. what was the single most unbelievable or offensive thing you saw baby doll do behind the scenes with celebrities in jimmy's dressing room <laughs> what was what was oh, the time God. he shocked you the most it. i'm not even allowed to say it on this you'll have to cut it out all right <laughs> no, there's, there's a, a lot, last there's a lot of them. I, there's a I'll lot throw one. There was one where he ambushed Sean Penn and started talking about the good old days <laughs> and one night specifically that they had in Hollywood where it was him and uh, who's the guy that does the truck commercials? Dennis Leary. Well, he used yeah. to, Dennis Leary. He used to do, yes. Yeah, he does it over there. Okay. Uh, driving around and maybe there was some extracurricular activity. And Sean Penn was did not want anything to do with this. And there's this. Uh, his, his publicist is like, yeah, what, who is this man? Get him out of here. What is going on? And they, baby demanded, demanded to have uh, the whole story like uh, supported by, by uh, Sean Penn. He's like, he wouldn't confirm it at all. Baby it just was, was great that he was like yeah. three minutes from going on the air right, that while too. I confronted yeah. him. That was, my timing was impeccable. I apologize, <laughs> Sean. Publicly apologize for that moment. Baby, why are you so tan right now? I What's know. What's going on? Like, are you in a tropical location? You're very dark. I am. I, I am in Florida. I'm at my house in Florida. I've been here mm -hmm. since December 28th. And yes, I do work from here, Bill. Uh, I, I was the original creator of working remotely before the <laughs> really pandemic. <laughs> this is, gets me crazy, Simmons. We're in the house, uh, right? We're in, we're living in LA and we're pale. We look like powder right here. And baby is, uh, it's middle of January. It's dark than Tiffany Haddish. Like, I'm not sure what's, <laughs> how are you doing this, baby? <laughs> I'll tell you, the weather's been spectacular. Yeah. A lot of outdoor activities, a lot of exercise. Tons of golf. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's been good. I, I, Baby, can I, I, you can you brag yeah. about how great your daughter's wedding was and how lavish everything was oh, for the for brag. the audience? Yes. Oh, I can <laughs> brag. I think yes. they want to hear you, about it. If you allow me, I'll just brag for the next half hour. About <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was pretty spectacular. I will say. <laughs> did I? Did we talk I'm about sorry. it, Simmons? Uh, at the I'm sorry, uh, you missed it, Bill. I've I've have a lot of regrets. 
the 20th anniversary party there, they have to build this tent, right? Because there's 650 people. It's probably, what, 200 staffers plus their plus ones. That's yeah. currently. And then everybody from the past 20 years. So there's about six or 700 people. So they build this huge tent. And Baby had someone commissioned to build a tent in Florida for his daughter's wedding a couple of months ago. And he's like, look at this piece of shit tent. Look at that. You can see through the ceiling. You can see. Look at that. You can see through. What is that? That's <laughs> so, like how you smoked underneath the tent. You didn't care that you were evaluated yeah, exactly. the indoor room. Hell He'd no. smoke, and and he'd smoke said, in a blimp. Said, he wouldn't look, care. Look at that plastic, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know? <laughs> Baby, so so our guys hitting 20 years and looking at the late night scene and it's like Colbert and it's Fallon and it's Kimmel. And then I wonder, like, is this like the last of that era? Because these shows... Mm. At some point, they become like institutions. Everything's paid for. You have the set, you have the building, you have the office, you have everything. And it just becomes the big variable is basically the host salary. How does somebody else move into this world? Will anybody ever do it again? TikTok, everything's so fractured. Is this it? Are these the last three guys? I don't think so. I, I think it's still, believe it or not, I think it's a, still a very viable business for, for the broadcast networks. I really mm -hmm. do. I don't think they're going away. Yes, they're consumed uh, you know, uh, in clips a lot more than they were. The ratings aren't what they, you know, the linear ratings are definitely down from even five years ago. Yeah. But um, it's still a unique time slot in the sense that advertisers can reach a certain demo that they don't, that they can't get in other day parts and they charge a premium for it young men primarily. And, uh, I don't think it's the end of an era. I really don't. Well, we, we sat, we found out last week, Stephen A said he's going to replace Jimmy yeah. Kimmel when, when Kimmel steps down. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. He's going to be great. Cause that's what, I mean, you look and they do tons and tons of research and that's what people just want to be screamed at, uh, for an hour straight <laughs> at before they go to bed. At night. Yeah. Right before they turn in for the night. Yeah. That's, that's good, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of the funniest. We were talking about that last week. Where Baby yeah. and I had dinner. We were talking about the focus groups. When mm -hmm. basically the focus groups are like, I'm half asleep. Like I don't really want to be threatened. I don't like right. the guest. This is when we had the guest host the first year for a week. They were like, I don't really like that. There's always another person with Jimmy. I just right. like everything that seems static and safe and something mm -hmm. I'm used to, which was the complete opposite of the show we put together. But, um, but yeah, maybe had to have, he had to have a talk with Dickie Barrett to like, baby, you can't scream. That can't be the first thing people. It's like, all right, he's a, he's a ska rock band leader. We, we hired, what are you going to do? He's our announcer. And baby's talking him off a ledge. <laughs> what were you going to say, baby? No, I was going to say that Jimmy's show that we, we all, we all attended and saw, I mean, I think the anniversary show is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So, cle so clever and so well, it got well done. It got announced what it is, so I don't feel like we're spoiling it. He got the all the same guests from the first show, which was George Clooney, Coldplay, and Snoop. I'm blanking on the third. And Snoop, Snoop. Dogg is the guest host, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he would be the host, so and he ran it back. Snoop as the guest host, yeah. Yeah. That's I would have said if you had said... A, that the show would exist in 20 years. I would have been like, that sounds amazing. Um, I'm, I'm surprised, but great. But then that those three people 
Would you? What would you give in Snoop to still be even alive? Twenty <laughs> years know. later, I in two thousand three, right? The same thing, right? Like he was actually a, he started so young in the business. He was yeah. so young then. He's still right. pretty. I think he's like fifty three or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who who knew? He's, I just thought that Jimmy's the way some of the I won't I won't I won't give it away. But some of the stuff he did on the show is. It's pretty phenomenal, right? Like the some of the technologies. I don't yeah, know, that, know how that's to describe tremendous. It. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. baby, Sal. So. Sal always <laughs> felt like you love Jay Stu the most out of all your clients. Oh no, like question. that was like your favorite client. It was a yeah. running joke with us about like, you know, you had a bunch of sons and daughters. Basically, you're the dad, but yeah. you have the one favored. Feels like Jimmy's kind of moving in a little bit on Jay Stu. I don't know. What do you uh, think, Sal? Is it like 50-50 now? I guess at some point, Jimmy now, like you know, just doing this extra three years. I mean, that's that's huge for baby and his vacationing and everything. Right, that's another that. house for you. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely another house. I will say Carson Daly, I think, moved into the number one spot for maybe six months when he wanted to like golf with baby and very baby, oh, baby yeah. was very excited, another scratch golfer, but he now wants nothing to do with baby. So yeah, I think it's back down to <laughs> Jay Stu against against Jimmy. <laughs> And finishing do last all, Corolla. Do you love all your children equally? <laughs> no. I love it. No, I that, love that, you all Wrong question for Sal. <laughs> I could say yes, but no, it's not the answer. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, other <laughs> Stick than around for parent Bill, Do see. you love your two children equally? <laughs> yeah, it's, it depends what day. <laughs> well, the thing with Carson was like his ability to just not only play golf with baby, but be really good at golf. Right. Really like right. was a way to win. It's a point. Well, Carson sure. moved in around the corner, you know, it was, uh, it was really, that's it was right. meaningful to me. He, he lives literally a block away. Well, it is gratuitous, but I echo baby's, uh, sentiment. Jimmy worked hard, uh, in spite of all the, how crazy it looked on air and everything. He continued to always worked so damn hard and so funny and was really good to the ABC people. And they think they recognize that, you know, that upfront presentation goes a, a long way, right, baby. And just doing things like that Absolutely. and working around the clock and helping, uh, I'll say it, Iger write speeches and stuff like that. You know, it's all, it's all there and it's every month and every, every month there's something that he has to step up. For. That's right. These are, it, it, it looks easy to the audience. You know, mm. it really does. It's just so smooth and easy and it looks like it's, uh, it just it's easy to you. You don't even watch, so it looks really easy. Yeah, we, that's true. It's you have your assistant watch and send you bullet point notes on what happened. What are you talking you about? You know, that's a really good point. I, I should have yeah. led with that. But right. um, no, but, you know, Jimmy does the show all day long, goes home, has dinner, and then works on the next night's show until midnight. It is right. a sl- daily consuming. slog. Yeah, that is the true. daily slog is what John Stewart is going to be doing in six years. Maybe he's going to commission it for fifteen. It's million the dollars. sequel to the Daily Show, the Daily Slog. <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> Baby, can you talk about the last negotiation with ABC? Because Jimmy was going to retire. <laughs> that was going to be it, right? But you, you sniffed a certain smell that you've been used to over the years. It's the smell of, of green cash. Yes, and you yes, were like, you know what, baby, you're sensitive. not retiring yet. And it's hard to just, smell over his cologne. I actually he was able listen. To if yeah. he decided that that was it, that 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 would have been fine because Jimmy. Oh, you never weren't go, letting him quit. You weren't Jim, letting him quit. Jimmy's never going to retire and do nothing. Mm-hmm. He'd just do something else and right. work equally as hard. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really concerned. I just didn't think it was time. Honestly, uh, Jimmy's 55 years old and, uh, a lot was put on, well, 20 years, you know, I'll just mm-hmm. do 20 years and that's it. And I was like, you know, it's just a number. It really doesn't. I mean, it, Sal, he's being diplomatic, but he's done a yeah. lot of bragging about this last deal in private. Too much, too it, much bragging. Way too much. He doesn't work the site. No, he doesn't even have to work during the summers. Like he, 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 there's been a lot of braggadocio about this one. Right, exactly. (laughs) He brags about the deals he's gotten for Corolla too. It's just bragging, (laughs) bragging, bragging. (laughs) Uh, I think should we do Parent Corner with Baby here? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean he's a baby. Baby, you got to stay for Parent Corner. Sal, you're all right. Go ahead, baby. All right. Uh, so it's like this Burger King campaign, right? With the jingle is is. I think it's one like we've never, ever seen before, right? You had like the what's up, guys, but this jingle, and I guess because we watch football, I feel like we went from Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You in December, right into this jingle nonstop every single day, every telecast, every everything, right? And so you're singing it around the house, and I'm like running around saying, marinara mozzarella, but my my wife is like, like, shut up already, and then so, I, but I don't think I've ever been moved as much by a commercial, like, you know, you get the State Farm jingle, like a good neighbor, State Farm, like, and it's in your head, but I'm not going to change my insurance company every three months because of that, right? It's stupid, right? So, but this Burger King worked. It worked. The other night, we're sitting around, and I'm trying to get over a cold Monday night, and I don't want to crap on sponsors if they're whatever. Did you get a Vegas you, cold? I got a Vegas cold. I think oh, I, between look at you. Vegas... And the Kimmel party, I think like, you know, 650 people there. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm trying to shake it off. Not a good idea to shake it off with three orders of onion rings and chicken, chicken, mozzarella and all that stuff. Because I was <laughs> out for the count for the rest of the week. But uh, my son, Harrison, is so taken back by this commercial. He's on a travel baseball team and they have walk up songs. And his right now is um, the Edwin Diaz, like uh, yeah. the Timmy Trumpet thing, which just makes me sad now anyway. I'm like, all right. just So he wants to change it, and he's going to next week to the freaking Burger King jingle. He's going to get up there, and it's like batting fourth, Harrison Icono, eat like a king while on a budget. Three tasty options, fried shrink and nuggets. Just confirm that's as real price. Two field meals of five ninety five. It's a, I mean, we're gonna hear this. I mean, has anyone ever experienced this in their life? Is this song taking over your life like it is ours? I don't know what to do anymore. I just have to give in. That is the funniest goddamn thing I've ever heard. It's it's brilliant. It really is. I I noticed the same thing. You're kind of like bobbing your head yeah. back and forth when you hear it. It's a great job by them. You know, and then it, it, that Burger King thing ends with, you rule, right? That's <laughs> yeah, the, right. Right? It's like yeah, very exactly. clever. It's crazy. My parent corner, it's my daughter's senior year of high school and it's soccer season and competitive league. There's been some, she's been in this, you know, four years of soccer for her. So you get teams that you don't really like, really don't like Campbell Hall, um, mm. which is a school in LA. They had a coach who's, I'm just going to say it, pretty obnoxious. Um, hmm. He was obnoxious when she was a freshman, really loud. Um, last year they had, our team wasn't good last year. They had a big lead, was really like whooping it up. May have said something um, not that nice about one of our players that was overheard, became a point of contention after the game, whether he said it or not. So we played them this year and we beat them. 
at at uh, at Zoe's school, and it was it was great. We were super happy. Like screw this guy, and he was a little more subdued after what happened last year. So we go there. We play them on Thursday. Pouring rain. There's this ref. Hadn't seen the ref before. Shaky call against us. Another shaky call against us. It's a whole first half of terrible calls against us. And we're getting madder and madder. Zero, zero. Like a minute left. Throw in, in, the, in our, on our side deep. The linesman is right next to it. Points like, oh, it's going the other way toward us. So we're about to do the throw in. The guy comes in, overrules it. Like the, like the ref that, uh, the NFL ref we were all talking about today, that Carl, what's that guy, Carl, whatever? Jeffers? Is that- yeah. Overrules it. All of a sudden, it's a throw in for them. They end up getting a golf to th- go off the throw in. So we're going nuts. We're going crazy. They're kids. There's fouls. Like they're not getting called. We're starting to get worried. I'm, I'm like getting mad. I'm like, is my daughter going to be hurt in this game? She gets nailed a couple of times. We end up over the course of this game, we get, I think, six yellow cards from yelling. One oh. of the parents on the sideline home gets, gets thrown out. I'm going nuts the whole game. I'm yelling. I get exchanged words with the Campbell Hall coach at one point. It's wow. two. It's two nothing. They get their second goal. The kids clearly offsides. They don't call it. So with like five minutes left, we do a corner kick. One of our kids heads it in. And my daughter, who both of you know, really sweet kid, has played soccer her entire life, has never gotten a yellow card ever in her entire life. She's running back and runs by the ref and sarcastically claps nice. right next to him Ooh. and he yellow cards and kicks her off. And I was so proud. I've never been more proud of bad behavior for either wow. of my kids. So yeah, you should off. really, should give her a raise in her, uh, in her allowance for that one, Bill. That's a good one. She was so mad. She almost got wiped out like five times. And at the end, she was like flying around trying to like nail somebody. And it was like, just see, you realize, especially in soccer, the wrong ref who just doesn't know what they're doing. Like somebody get really hurt. So we're all watching this going. We just don't want anyone to get hurt, but we're also mad we're getting screwed. Anyway, right. Campbell Hall, they paid off the refs. My least favorite school. <laughs> I always tell people don't go to Campbell Hall. That place sucks. Fuck you, Campbell Hall. Wait, Maybe, what, did she do quarter? Was, what did she do? She just clapped? I mean, refs can't even take if you clap. She went now. right over and clapped like right kind of near his face. You know what she should have done? Uh, she should have clapped and then right in the face said, marinara mozzarella. <laughs> Let's see what they do. What are you going to do then? I'm going to do a grant. How about this one? You know, I'm going to be yeah. a grandparent, right? Yeah. yeah baby soon, dog. Right? So I'll do I'll do a grandparent's corner at the appropriate time. I'm, I'm ill prepared for the parents' corner tonight. Oh, okay. Well, well it's your daughter you, that's you, going to have the baby, you, right? Yeah. What's that? It's your well, daughter wait. that's going to have the baby, right? Correct. Correct. Mm. Uh, we don't know if it'll be a boy or a girl, but uh, yeah, in mm-hmm. May. In May. Wait, nice. parent corner, quickly. The dad daughter dance at the wedding. So you've had two. Yes. More or yes. less emotional than you thought? Mm. Good question. Um, I'd say less, believe it or not, because I think I, I you know, I would, I probably built myself up for that moment. I think the most emotional moment is when they actually get married at the altar for me Uh on both on both both cases that's where i got my most emotional when they they actually did their vows and got married in front of everyone that was that was the moment uh it was very nice there wasn't i'll say there wasn't a dry eye in the five hundred thousand dollar tent we'll say that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I paid people to cry, Sal. That was part <laughs> That's of true. it. You know? Exactly. Um, no, nice. but seriously, yeah, the, the the dance was fun. 
And as Jimmy will tell you, and I will admit, you know, I, I always had, I, I'd say, decent rhythm, as they say. But mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was always a decent dancer. Um, but I did take lessons <laughs> at the Manhasset Fred Astaire Dance Studio. Oh, in look at you. <laughs> I did. Uh, Grace didn't, of course, but I, I took them and then we, we kind of did it remotely. And then when I saw her down here the week before, we, uh, we practiced a little and most of it went out the window mm-hmm. at the actual dance, which kind of pissed me off because uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to learn these, these dances to the songs, yeah. but can't uh, take it with you. Yeah. 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 You know, but, uh, the video we'll make her good. pay for it, man. She probably got some nice cash gifts there. She, from, got, a, she got a few dollars. Yeah. Mike it's August probably sent her a lot of, you know, like some nice money. Yeah. <laughs> Did her. you make up with Mike August, baby? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd say, I'd say so. Right. At the, at the, it's, it know. seemed half hearted. Honestly, it didn't seem like you totally forgave. I can't him. tell yet. Honestly, I yeah. can't tell yet. It's a work right, in progress. It's TBD. Yes. All right. To wrap up Parent Corner, Sal is addicted to the Burger King commercials. Uh, Baby Doll says seeing your daughter getting married on the altar is more emotional than the dance. And Campbell Hall pays off soccer referees at the high school level. Those are our three lessons one. from Parent Corner. Um, Baby Doll, congratulations on putting together Jimmy Kimmel Live and carrying it for 20 years along with the host. Thank but really you. you. It was really you. Were, you did most of the work. It really was. Um, and made most of the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of it. Yeah, definitely. A multiple thereof. But uh, no, I'm really happy for Jimmy and, and, and Molly and the staff and every everyone who's, there's been about a dozen people who've been there from day one. And mm. uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, and thanks for coming, Bill. This was a nice surprise for me. You're right. It did uh, lift my spirits and, and really Good. for the baby to jump out. You know, he's not due to be done with his vacation until I think mid-March. So that, thank you for <laughs> jumping on. Then he's got to get ready for taking the summer off. That's I right. segue <laughs> right in, right into the Oscars and then into Martha's Vineyard. Oh, it's a yeah, beautiful thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a life. What a life. <laughs> Sal, sorry about the loss. Good job by uh, you. Good to see you as always. This was produced by... Uh, Kyle Creighton, as always, I will be back on this podcast on Tuesday. You can listen to Sound the Extra Points Network. You can hear Baby on his podcast with Adam Carolla <laughs> on Podcast One called The Agent and the Client. It's a new podcast coming out. It's great. Agent the Agent. <laughs> and I will see you on this feed on Tuesday. Thanks. And if you had over five, over five and a half cigarettes, you won. Yeah, that's right. You had, how many do you have? Three? Four? I, I saw had, him light up. He let up, unless you're lighting three. up the same one. There was about four or no, five in there. I don't know. I, I had three or four. I don't know. I okay. lost track. Right. But great job, baby. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you guys. Love great you, job. baby. Thanks for coming. All right, baby. Love you. Take care. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.